Welcome to our latest edition of Movies About, and it's a movie about music, mm-hmm. and this one's my choice. Yes. Because you were at a wedding mm-hmm. in Australia, mm-hmm. and so I thought, oh, she just went to a wedding, and we had the wedding singer on our list, so why don't we do this movie? And that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you and I have both played in wedding bands before. Yeah. We'll get into that later, but how was your trip to Australia? Oh, it was great. Um, I was there specifically for the wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. Who got married? My best friend of 20 years. And um, I emceed the wedding, and I also did the speech, one of the speeches, and Mm -hmm. I sang the song, the wedding song. You sang, you were the wedding singer. But I wasn't the wedding singer. I think wedding singer implies that you have been hired to do the reception the party um, mm-hmm. of the, the wedding, right? But I was, I sang for the couple, so I don't know what that is. You know, yeah, I just you were just like to a sing guest the, yeah, singer, yeah. featured singer. Yeah, you know, so in Korea, the... that's, it's a tr- Korean tradition, actually. Yeah. Because I don't think that you guys do that in the States. Like, you don't have a family, like a close family. Oh, God forbid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happened was, um, the Koreans all understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then the Australians were kind of like, oh, this is going to be terrible before I started mm-hmm, singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the friend. The friend <laughs> they were singer. really alarmed that somebody was singing. Yeah. <laughs> Until they understood. And mm-hmm. then I started singing. And they well, were then like, you well, okay. started singing. Yeah. You started kicking ass. Yeah. And it was like, okay. I understand. Um, okay, so she's a professional singer and that's why she's singing. Right. But they were horrified at first. And some of the, the groomsmen came in, came to tell me they were like, at first we were horrified. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't a Steve Buscemi moment on stage. It was not a Steve Buscemi moment on stage whatsoever. Okay. Well, that's good. And did the, uh, at the wedding reception, did they have a band or a DJ? A DJ, yeah. No band? No band. Why didn't they have a band, do you know? I I don't think they, uh, they wanted to keep things small, so Mm -hmm. I don't think they really had, like, the the big wedding. Okay, yeah, that's Um, that's right. Yeah, they had a small-ish, it was still, like, not a small wedding, but it was an intimate one. And it was sort of not a traditional, because they had already had a ceremony. Mm-hmm. And so it was sort of casual, like a c- casual party. So I mm-hmm. had to sing to a track. They didn't have any musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great. Good. I'm just curious. I feel like a, so many uh, weddings lately and so much of entertainment is being replaced by musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, musicians are being replaced by DJs. You know what? I think the opposite is happening now. Oh, yeah. yeah. For authenticity, probably. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, yeah. we, we're getting suddenly, we're getting well, yeah, booked for Yeah, gigs. we are getting, we've got a gig coming up for a burlesque show, which yeah. is going to be very interesting. I've never done a show like that. Right. And it's a gala event. And then we mm-hmm. got booked for another gig. And so there are all these um, events happening now because mm-hmm. for COVID, we had been yeah, right. just radio silent yeah. for everything. And then all of a sudden, everything is picking up. Yeah. Back on that horse. Mm-hmm. It's getting really busy. And I think there was sort of a hunger, like an appetite for live music because everything was just so replaced by, you know, and and also dancing to a live band Mm -hmm. is very different Mm -hmm. from dancing to just tracks that the DJ plays. Right, I agree. There's an energy to that. Yeah. 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 And I think people enjoy that more. Mm -hmm. And it, it feels more meaningful because, you know, I think... People, especially people our age, we don't go to clubs anymore. No. There is no occasion to dance and to enjoy to get out Which is a shame. 
Yeah, unless you go to a live show. Yeah, right. That's sort of an excuse to go, you know, let down your hair, like, you know, just that's true. start dancing and stuff that's like true. that. Yeah, you, that's a good point. A 40-year-old woman at a club, like, nobody wants to see that. Yeah, you know? but you will dance, but a 40-year-old woman at a live band, you will you will dance. Absolutely. It's yeah. completely socially acceptable to dance yeah, in that strange. situation. Why yeah, that's Why is that? Well, because, you know, it's, I think it, we're, as humans, we're meant to do that. That's like the oldest that's activity, right. you know? <laughs> But, but so then what's different with a DJ? Like, it's not the same... It's not the same energy. I think not, you're feeding off yeah. of, like, you know, if live music has a certain energy to it, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a ritual. There's a ritualistic yes. thing going on with live music, people playing live music and people dancing to it, mm-hmm. people singing along. Mm-hmm. That is the oldest tradition yeah. of human society. Whereas... I don't know, correct? I'm, I'm sure on the comment section there's going to be some sort of EDM DJ don't who's worry going about to. The yeah, yeah. I, I'm not worried. I'm just I'd like pre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just, you know, saying that I'm aware that yeah. there are going to be people who disagree with me. I know. But I don't know. Like, I've been to raves before. It's not the same. Like, it really no, isn't. Um, and I'm not anti raves, you know. I'm I used from, to go when, yeah. when it was 1990. Mm hmm. I wasn't there in 1990, yeah. but um, but and I also, you know, I've been to parties where the DJ was actually spinning records, mm-hmm. like, and the DJ is like 55 years old. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Okay. I don't know. There's something about the manual, you know, sort of labor that people put yeah. into like their art forms, their yeah. crafts, and I, you know, I, I include DJing mm-hmm. in this case, spinning vinyl. That's mm-hmm. an actual craft. And there's something about seeing somebody do their craft Mm -hmm. and enjoying it as, you know, as spectator. I think there's also an element of uncertainty, um, not knowing if the band is going to pull something off or where they're going to go. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's an element of it, too. It's It's, exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. It is kind of, I don't want to say dangerous, but there's an element of the unpredictable to it. Absolutely. Whereas you're not going to get that with a DJ because it's fairly automated. Right. So The Wedding Singer. Mm. Why is this movie so weirdly popular, do you think? I think that it's because of the song at the very end. I really okay. think it's because of the song. I lot, a lot of people like um, the song at the very end. And there's a certain chemistry between Drew Barrymore and sure. Adam Sandler yeah. that I can't really explain, but I can see mm-hmm. and I can feel. And I guess everybody else can, too, because they went ahead to make more movies that were very reminiscent Mm -hmm. of this movie, like Fifty First Dates um, was one of them. That Mm -hmm. was like another hit. Mm -hmm. And they they both had the same energy, that, you know, sort of sweet woman with um, sort of gentle but Mm -hmm. funny guy Mm -hmm. kind of dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it works. And it really worked for the late 90s, I think. Yeah, this is a 1998 mm-hmm. movie, and it's set in 1985, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought was really kind of interesting. Yeah. I did not, I've never seen this movie, even though I've been in wedding bands mm-hmm. for a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. I never saw this movie because I always hated Adam Sandler. Mm, why is that? Because he seemed like such a doofus. Yeah. But you kind of changed your mind about him recently, didn't you? I, I liked him in the most recent um, basketball movie that he did. Uh-huh. I, I did see the uh, PTA movie, Paul Thomas Anderson movie. On Cup Jams. Sorry, that's, an, that's a joke on the internet. What? 
So the woman who played Adam Sandler's mistress in that movie, Julia Fox, mm-hmm. the actress, um, his name is Julia Fox, she dated Kanye West mm-hmm. at one point and then sort of became famous mainly because she dated Kanye okay. right when Kanye broke up with Kim Kardashian. I can't believe I'm explaining all of this. Mm-hmm. But she did an interview with this podcast called Call Me Daddy, which is like a really famous podcast. Mm-hmm. And then her accent went viral because she has this like demented Valley Girl accent. Okay. <laughs> Millennial like the Valley Girl or something accent, uh-huh. even though I don't even think she's from the Valley, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was trying to say, she was saying uncut gems and it came out, um, uncut gems. Uh, okay. So that's why I said that. Right. But mm-hmm. I was thinking of the, the, so the Paul Thomas Anderson movie is mm-hmm. the earlier one where he's kind of at his breaking point. Mm-hmm. What is that movie? Oh, you mean uh, Punch Drunk Punch Love. Punch Drunk Love, yeah. yes. That was a long time ago. That, that so, was like, but that, yeah, but that, yeah. up until then, I thought he was just a doofus. Right. And when he did that movie, I was like, I had to be drawn, kicking and screaming to see this movie. Everybody started talking about how great it was. Mm-hmm. And I saw it and it was good. So I still am not an Adam Sandler fan at all. Right. But I actually vehemently hated him right, yeah. in 1998. I think a lot of people did. And I don't think anybody's necessarily an Adam Sandler fan. I think we just, he, he's there. And, you know, we <laughs> well, just Well, he is kind of, of the guy, he plays the guy who is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of his, it, it kind of works. Because mm. there are a lot of guys in real life who just, who are just there. Yeah. And Adam Sandler kind of represents that guy, mm-hmm. that average, you know, guy who's mm-hmm. kind of always there. Yeah. And he's not good or bad. He's not, you know, whatever. He's he's really just in the middle. And most people are like that. Okay. So and that's a, what he represents, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. He's an everyman. Except that I thought he was brilliant in Anka <laughs> Yeah, that was <laughs> a good movie. Yeah. That was the Saffer Brothers, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I really... I, I really did not like him, mm-hmm. and so I avoided this movie, mm-hmm. even though I was... I really do like Drew Barrymore. Mm, I love Drew Barrymore. And we we a, both like her. We both yeah. like her. This is this is a period of time when she was at this really nice zone. She did a lot of movies during these years, I think. Yeah. There was like a, maybe like a five to seven year period mm-hmm. when she was really at her peak and doing movie after movie after mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. She never did anything particularly genius but she right. did music and lyrics which i thought was a fine mm-hmm. film we could do that one someday. totally yeah she did uh, a guilty pleasure of mine which mm. i'm very embarrassed to admit that i, I know watched several is. times what is it ever after yeah yeah and it was there was a period of time when it was on cable and it was just on every mm-hmm. day it seemed like mm-hmm. and for some reason i just watch it just to yeah. watch her you talked about ever after a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, I, I don't think i talked about it a lot no we it's talked a guilty about, pleasure yeah, yeah, we talked yeah, about yeah. it at one point yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I like her. And mm-hmm. their chemistry does indeed work here. Yeah. And I think you describe it well. Mm-hmm. And so, he, she's a waitress. Mm-hmm. And he is a wedding singer. Mm-hmm. He's about to get married. And so is she. They're both engaged. And they work at the same, on the same gigs. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend, who is played by Angela Featherstone, mm-hmm. who later was Ross's one-night stand in friends when they were on a break right when he right. and rachel were right. on a break she played that part but i looked her up on wikipedia and she's she's done like all this stuff she was a model and she uh, does all this humanitarian work oh and she's a director now and she's a writer oh wow and 
Yeah, really. And the documentary I think that she's working on right now is, um, seems really interesting. Interesting. Good for her. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so she, they're going to get married, and then she's like, nah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I liked you <laughs> as the rock star who could be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now you're just a wedding singer. Yeah. So there's this theme throughout the movie of just mm-hmm. the wedding singer. Yeah. So he falls in love with Drew Barrymore. She's about to marry this asshole. Mm-hmm. Typical 80s. Wall Street guy. Wall Street yeah. asshole with his fancy car. Mm-hmm. And who knows why the hell those two met up. Mm-hmm. Don't know. But, yeah, he turns out to be this kind of womanizer. Mm-hmm. And Adam Sandler picks up on this. His character mm-hmm. picks up on this. So both of their fiancé situations fall apart mm-hmm. in different ways. And when he was supposed to marry this woman and she broke his heart, he goes back and he has to do his gig and he does this terrible gig. Mm-hmm. And she's, Drew Barrymore is waitressing and she sees him. They, they kind of bond and they strike up a friendship. It's basically he is in a funk Mm-hmm. after breaking up his right. breaking off his engagement and it was just funny seeing like the professional mm-hmm. wedding singer mm-hmm. killing it mm-hmm. which is kind of funny yeah and then the depressed you know broken-hearted guy mm-hmm. on stage crying yeah. on stage yeah that, i thought that was kind of funny but because sort of like we've all had those gigs where we're really up for the gig and then we've had those gigs where we just had a shitty day or a shitty week yeah, and also, somebody, a music director once said to me, singing is different from any mm. other type of performance or, you know, in this field, mm-hmm. like any other type of instrument, because mm. it's like so personal and it's very revealing. It's singing. like bearing your soul, mm-hmm. he said. And so you got to be really careful with singers, he said. He, and, and this stuck with me mm-hmm. for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm also, I'm, I'm accused of being overly sensitive by so many people at work. Um, because I usually do voice acting, and, but I also do singing. And I feel like the singing jobs, the music, actual music directors, understand me much more. And they don't find me difficult. Whereas just like regular other gigs... I'm the overly sensitive sort of like um, emotional person, but they don't understand that. I, I, I maybe it's a singer thing, but it just takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really perform. You can't really fake it. You can't cheat the notes. Frank, Frank Sinatra once said, "You can't cheat the notes," and that can mean a lot of things. You mm-hmm. can't slide into. You know, you got to hit the notes, right? Mm-hmm. But there also needs to be a sincerity. Yeah. And an honesty about the way you tell the story. Mm-hmm. And you can't really fake it. And so it's really hard to do this job when something is going on. Yeah. Yeah, because you are a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking about that way back when I was first performing. Mm-hmm. It's like I had this one moment of realization that we were in this playing a gig in this bar. And I sort of realized that this is a kind of tribalism. Mm-hmm. That, you know, even though we were a cover band playing cover songs and there were people wasted out of their minds trying to get laid and you know mm-hmm. woo 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 and having a good time but they were all dancing mm-hmm. and we were all playing and i was like oh this is the most ancient thing in the world yeah. the repetition of stories right right so as a singer you carry that burden i think mo- most acutely mm-hmm. as someone who has to carry the narrative mm-hmm. of whatever the ceremonial aspect is yeah so yeah that's that's interesting. And he's got this band with this really old dude on drums. Mm-hmm. And then there's a keyboard player who also... Play- mm-hmm. <laughs> this is funny. Mm-hmm. The keyboard player who also plays guitar, who also plays clarinet. trombone, who yeah. also plays clarinet. 
and sings. <laughs> yeah. That's such a cliche. Yeah. The keyboard player who does all these yeah, other yeah, instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hi Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he is also dressed like Boy George. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know who Boy George is, Boy George famously dressed in drag and had a really big hit song, Do mm-hmm. You Really Want yeah. Me? And this song is played. But that was also weirdly inappropriate because it was a joke. Yeah, they made it, fun of him. Yeah. In today's standards, it would have been considered wildly problematic. So there's so much that has changed. Oh my God, in yeah. 25 years, I guess. Yes. So this 25 yeah, year yeah, old movie yeah. where this is coming out of the John Hughes. I, I read on uh, that this is um, trying to do the mold of John Hughes films. Mm-hmm. And John Hughes did 16 Candles, uh, Breakfast Club, these kinds of movies, Pretty in Pink. And so it was kind of in that inspiration. And John Hughes would famously make fun of people for things that would be not appropriate today. Mm -hmm. So it seemed to pick up all of John Hughes' (laughs) inappropriate stuff into this movie. So there's not just that. There's also like that there was some fat shaming. There was some... Yeah. Uh, there was all kinds of jokes. There was grabbing of... There was like, a lot of sexual harassment. There's a lot of sexual yeah. harassment. There's a lot of ass grabbing going on. Yeah, and a lot of sort of sexist remarks just casually thrown into everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they were trying to make a point about the 80s. See, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So that's what, to go back to what I was saying earlier that this is a 1998 movie about mm-hmm. 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it was like trying to make like a commentary on that or if it was just the 90s or if that it's was, just, that's yeah. exactly what my question was yeah. yeah so i don't know because it's not clear yeah if it was trying to because there's a lot of 80s jokes but i think that aspect the the, the sexism yeah. and the inappropriate like the fat shaming and all that uh-huh. i think that was a 90s thing i think that was pretty mo- like dominant in pop culture because what was um, dominant fat shaming and sexism all of okay. the movies that came out in the late 90s that were kind of in that genre. What was, what was the Gwyneth Paltrow one? Shallow Hell. That was 1999-ish, yeah. I think. And then American Pie had the same undertone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these movies had the exact same undertone as this movie. And yeah. um, in that, and if anything, The Wedding Singer is probably the most innocent out of that Yeah, batch. there's some awkward moments like yeah. when Drew Barrymore gets her asked grabbed and adam sandler says just go with it yeah yeah (laughs) but by a kid right and then what's weirder is that adam sandler dances with a girl like a a young girl and then he like puts her hands on his ass yeah so that's not right either that's not right but like (laughs) back then i didn't think anything of it because he was just trying to make a joke yeah that's the thing yeah so and i was also wondering as i was watching this and this isn't you know I'm not saying we should go back to doing these things no. at all, but I was also wondering if somehow we're going to stop being so uptight about a lot of things, and then this is going to be sort of like a phase, a cultural mm-hmm, phase, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a we're in the process of weeding out what's truly inappropriate mm-hmm. and wrong. Yeah. And we're in this... There's an overreach right Yeah, now. there's an overreach, and we're in this like sort of... Um, awkward phase Mm -hmm. of transitioning into a more appropriate Mm -hmm. way to talk about things, right? But all of that was wildly inappropriate. Mm -hmm. It was really weird to see that because this happened in my lifetime, right? It's not like I didn't know these things. I watched this movie back in 1998. Mm -hmm. So it was weird to see how I feel now 
yeah. as opposed to what I felt like back then. Yeah, it was, it's just remarkable mm. how much how much has changed. I thought they... I, I have to give a nod to the cinematographer, and I don't mm. know who it is, but I know it's a comedy, and it was lit brightly like a comedy, mm. but it was really well lit. Like, it mm. was... Like, the facial tones were all really nice. I think you commented on nice, that. Yeah. And then there was just really nice backlighting, and uh, everybody looked fantastic. I just thought that the lighting was really good. And, maybe, for, and it's funny because yeah. it's just a comedy film. Well, maybe back then that was standard. Yeah, there is a standard yeah. practice for sure. Yeah, and now they don't really adhere to that standard because in post-production you can do so much. Yeah, but you still have to light it well. Mm, okay. Yeah, you still have to light it well. And it was just so beautifully lit. It's so strange for a comedy, but the production design was so garish mm-hmm. with all of the colors, but not incorrect. Was it really like that in the 80s? Yeah. Because it looked like Barbie's dream house on acid. Yeah, it, like, yeah. it was crazy. It, yeah. It looked comical, wasn't it? But right. but I don't think it was really that comical. Like, mm. I would sum up the 1980s in a shirt. <laughs> and it was the guy, his best friend with the mustache, who gets out of the car after <laughs> listening to... Uh, Pass the Toshibane left-hand side. And he gets out of the car, <laughs> and he's got this shirt on. Yeah. And that shirt is to me the eighties. Yeah, it was. A, how would you describe this shirt? It was well for the listeners on the podcast. I, you can't. You'd have to go look at it. Right. But for the for the YouTube version of this, I'll show the scene. Okay. But it's this purple mm. shirt pattern that doesn't the the left side doesn't go with the right side. Right. And it's just garish. Yeah. And I think he's got some stonewashed jeans going on or something like that. Stonewashed jeans for sure, yeah. But that, like, that pattern, that kind of pastel pattern, Mm -hmm. bright pastel pattern look, Mm -hmm. hard colors, Mm -hmm. was on art. Mm -hmm. It was in album covers. Mm -hmm. It was in so much of the style of the 1980s. And he just wore it on, on his shirt. So the production of music during that time was very garish and the colorful. The 80s were really weird. They were really weird. Everybody I think it's was a singular I think it's a singular decade that just really stands out in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking about when you were talking about that shirt, it occurred to me that that was probably the first decade of fast fashion. Okay. Like the Gap, Levi's, mm-hmm. like you know that kind of thing, like mm-hmm. just mass production internationally. Mhm just sort of outsourced, um, you know, to China, mm-hmm. you know, making, you know, whatever. And clothes became so cheap. Everything became really cheap. It, that's my understanding of the 80s. Mm-hmm. What it, the globalization started happening. Yes. And then everything was cheaper. The economy was booming in certain areas like America and Japan. There was some imitation of Japan. Right. I, I'm going to shamefully admit something. Mm-hmm. So around 1984, Four, mm-hmm. I was in middle school, mm-hmm. and I had. This is so embarrassing. That's fine. You were in middle school. Yeah, I was in middle school, but we had. I had like, um, like flash dance was big at the time. Of course, yeah. And I had one of these shirts mm-hmm. that was like a like a like a gray tank, you know, with like wide mm-hmm. sleeve holes, yeah. and it had like a Japanese some Japanese writing on it. Yeah. That I would wear over another shirt. I don't think there's anything embarrassing about that, considering that oh, this was 1984. Yeah, because everybody looked crazy. Yeah, so everybody then, did yeah. look really, really weird. It's yeah. so garish. And the hair. Yeah, the hair. I also had the feathered hair. Yeah. I had the wallet with the chain. Have you seen the chain? Of wallets? course. Yeah. So they would chain the wallet would chain to you, and it was like the thing. Yeah. It was like Doc Martens today, mm-hmm. and I had that. 
But yeah, there was also like everything, there was heavy influence from Japan, pop culture、mm-hmm. from Japan during this time. There was, the, yeah, the strange fascination with Asia and Hong Kong. And also, there was a lot of drugs, a lot of coke,、mm-hmm. but in a very plastic way. Yeah. In a very artificial way,、mm-hmm. and everybody was chasing money. Yeah.、Um, and there was a lot of money. And it was Reagan. And there was a lot of money,、yeah. and the economy was, was kind of in a weird spot. But yeah, it was a really strange time. Yeah. And then the bubble just burst. It was just like, you know, none of that could last forever.、Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the music kind of pushed itself into like hair metal towards、mm-hmm. the end of the decade. And then all of a sudden, Jane's addiction, Smashing、mm. Pumpkins, and Nirvana happened. Oh, you know who I love? Who? Mr. Big. Oh, yeah. Mr. Yeah, Big yeah. Was, a, was, a, was a good band. Were they considered a hair metal、um, the hair band? They were a hair metal band with very. T- See, but the thing is, with the <laughs> hair metal bands,、uh-huh. they were all talented. Yeah. It's so, this is what the 80s did, and it did,、yeah. it did strange things to musicians. There w a s a lot of hair metal bands that were so plastic in appearance,、mm. terrible songs,、mm. phenomenal singers. Phenomenal musicians. So, yeah, I mean, I, I used to. It's so soothing to hear, to watch that music video of Mr. Big's.、Um, to be with you,、yeah. all I wanna.、Yeah. And、um, the, the lead singer, his hair is like all like, and he keeps、yeah. on doing that. And he's like, to be with you, and、yeah. oh, little girl. <laughs> and I was like, Thank、yeah. You. And you know, it's just so soothing. It's the most soothing thing.、Yeah. And then you kind of like think it, it kind of evokes these memories, these vague memories I have about the 80s where everything was cushy. And you know, like I was a kid and you know, sitcoms were a thing.、Mm-hmm. And you know, Christmas and everybody had yeah, like a lot of money. Christmas movies. <laughs>、yeah. Everybody、um, had a lot of money and a nice house. And a house. car and a、yeah. nice house.、Yeah. And、uh, we didn't, but you know, everybody.、Right. There was this the dream of、mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, somehow getting. And then also, like, our country had our first, hosted our first Olympic Games. Yeah,、right. And so、Korea. it was a big year for, big decade、mm-hmm. for Korea. And there was a lot of hope in the air, I think. Yeah. And I think.、Um, Some like deep in my psyche, I kind of when I listen to music from back then, it evokes those feelings of hope and、mm. warmth. Yeah, and this movie did like did that for me, like in a weird way,、mm-hmm. even though it was a 90s movie.、Mm-hmm. And I think maybe kids like me who were born in the 80s had that、mm-hmm. and had this weird na- 80s nostalgia. I think maybe a lot of people had 80s nostalgia、mm-hmm. back in the late 90s.、Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why this movie was so popular. Yeah.、Mm. So you've played wedding gigs before? Yes. Have you done a lot of them? No. I did a lot of them. Yeah, you, you were in a. That was your job at some point. That was point. my job. Yeah. yeah. There was a period of time in my life when I was teaching one course at a university.、Mm-hmm. And I was in two bands, two cover bands.、Mm-hmm. One of them would play bars like three nights a week. And then I was in a wedding band that was making really good money in San Francisco. Mm hmm.、Mm-hmm. And we were like a seven piece, no, like a nine piece, something like that.、Mm. And we played all the big weddings, and because we had this promoter agent, and、mm. she, would, she was really tied in with the Jewish community in San Francisco.、Mm. Uh, Joanne, that was her name.、Mm. Oh, I wish I could remember her last name. I would give her a nod.、Uh, we did a lot of bar mitzvahs, we、mm. did a lot of weddings in San Francisco. We did a lot of these kind of strange San Francisco corporate parties in these dark rooms.、Yeah. And we didn't really know what exactly was going on. 
it's sort of like you know um eyes wide shut the Stanley yeah, yeah. You, you know you you go to the gig you don't know exactly what you're doing but you do it made some pretty good money but there's you know there's a it's an exhausting gig mm-hmm. because you have to be there for hours and hours and hours oh, yeah it's it, yeah yeah and the the wedding crowd is a funny crowd mm-hmm. because they're all formally dressed mm-hmm. and they're trying to cut loose yeah and eventually, with enough alcohol, they will, and they don't give a shit. Yeah. But it's just just kind of a funny gig. Did and, you notice yeah. that there's always at least one incident that happens at every wedding? Like yeah, some weird drama. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one person, at least one person at every wedding mm-hmm. goes a little bit, you know, says something or does something, gets too drunk, mm-hmm. whatever, or there's, you know, some weird energy with someone. Because you get that many people together. Yeah. For a whole night. Yeah. And I think something's bound to happen. I think it's family stuff. Family and, stuff, yeah. You know, so we had in, in this movie, we had Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm. who was the brother mm-hmm. of the one groom. of the grooms yeah. for the first wedding gig that we saw mm-hmm. that Adam Sandler was doing. And it was just a brilliant cameo. He's brilliant, yeah. He's so good. The, the acting was impeccable. It was, <laughs> it was just, the it was perfect so, drunk the brother. believable thing yeah. I had ever yeah. seen. It was perfect. Perfect drunk brother. <laughs> and then at the end, he is the wedding singer. Right. But yeah, it's, I've done my share of those. And, and there's been times when the band has gotten... You know, the, a band like a wedding band, it, it's... We all follow the lead of the singer, band leader, mm-hmm. if the singer is the band leader. Mm-hmm. You follow that person's lead. Mm-hmm. And in my band, the singer liked to drink. Mm-hmm. And so it was okay for the band to drink. Okay. And there were times when we were out of our minds, drunk, oh. playing a wedding. Uh-huh. But we were pros and we pulled it off. Right, right. But it's, at least we think we did. You know, Joanne never said anything. They were always happy. So right. I assume we pulled it off. The interesting thing about that band is that the leader of the band, mm-hmm. his name's Stuart, mm-hmm. he decided he didn't need Joanne anymore, mm-hmm. and he cut her out. Mm-hmm. And he thought he could now book all of the shows and get more that return because happens. there was a lot of money in yeah, this band. Yeah, that never happens, yeah. Yeah, and so what happened is mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Of course it didn't, yeah. And the band fell apart. You know, people underestimate the job of the agent. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't love my agents, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> I do know that I cannot do this job without them, and I can't. I mean, do it's their job. it's yeah. relative. It's how yeah. much are they taking? That, yeah. So that was the issue with with Stuart. Is he thought she was taking too much? Mm-hmm. And but they usually she are. Wasn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, but obviously she wasn't yeah, because yeah. she was getting us these right, right. well paying gigs. Also, she's probably getting you guys paid. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, chasing yep. down payment. And then also just, you know, there's a lot of things that go into what agents do, mm-hmm. making sure everybody's on time, mm-hmm. making sure, you know, taking care of the communication process. When we were planning, we were kind of half planning our wedding. I was like, I don't want to do this. I just want to not have this wedding because it was so annoying That's why and they have overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. And we just sort of kind of had a wedding planner do the basic stuff and yeah. then we decided to That was to, the worst wedding. We had the worst wedding planner, I think. Yeah, because we had the basic package. Yeah, and so she didn't give us she the attention. She just didn't give us anything. Yeah, she yeah. didn't she just really did the bare minimum, right. but um so but we kind of chose to do our own thing mm-hmm. because we were also we're also very I kind of like the way did, that it worked out that way. We're we kinda, both we were micromanaging do, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sure. of us are yeah. in our own way micromanaging mm-hmm. and we're very particular about things. Yes. And I would it, I I thought I am not having those typical like a typical Korean I wedding. Didn't I was do like that. over my dead body. Mm-hmm. 
And so we were, you were like at one point managing, you were like <laughs> talking, telling the photographer <laughs> like what to do. I don't know. Like, oh my God. Something well, about the sound system you were no, taking care of. Oh, the sounds. I'm trying to get married. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, the DJ is playing like, I, God knows, like some Maroon 5 or something. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is not the vibe I wanted at my wedding. Yeah. And so I'm telling him, and he doesn't speak English, and, right. and I don't speak Korean, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to tell him, I've got some music here, can you play this? He didn't even have a hookup for my phone. So he. So he's probably playing that playlist for every event. That that's it. That's what I was going to say. So nobody cares. <laughs> right, right. At Korean weddings, they don't, they don't hear, they don't True. have an opinion True. on the things right, they hear. Right. Yeah. I, I don't mean that to sound the way it sounds. I mean, it's just been my observation. No, but we just have also have a very different wedding culture. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like this movie. I thought some mm-hmm. of the humor didn't age well. I'm not a big fan of comedies because they're not usually that funny to me. I, I, true. And I you're agree. kind of waiting for the yeah. obstacles. That, right. There's a lot of misdirection in this movie uh, where, you know, he has to see Drew Barrymore happy in her wedding dress. He doesn't know she's thinking about him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the... And the ex-fiance comes back. Yeah, but he was drunk. Misunderstanding and he, yeah. there. And then Drew Barrymore goes to his house and finds his ex-fiance. It's just the door. Know, yeah, but there's a lot of misunderstanding. And then so she decides to go to Las Vegas to marry this douchebag. And because thinking that he had been, he had gone back together with his ex-fiance. Yes. And he gets a flight to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the only flight available was first class mm-hmm. and so he ends up sitting in the same cabin as billy idol mm-hmm. <laughs> whose music had been playing earlier in the yes. film and this White was, wedding and you forgot that this movie was shot in the 90s because you saw it and you were like oh he looks old and i was like yeah he was older mm-hmm. by that time mm-hmm. but they had i'm also used to film these days movies these days mm-hmm. Using this de aging technology, right. and they Billy Idol just looked old, so he didn't look like nineteen eighty five right, Billy right. Idol. <laughs> True, but that was kind of that was kind of fun. And then he sang the song to her that he wrote on the way over. Grow old with you. Okay. I want to grow old with you, and I think that was sort of a weird, not a hit, but like a lot of people know that song. I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, and it was um, a surprisingly touching song. I think mm. it, it, yeah. it was a cute little song, and it was a surprise. There's something. Some, it worked. Mm-hmm. That song, that scene, as cheesy and slapsticky as it was, it worked. Mm-hmm. And there's something about Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler and that song that somehow did the job, mm-hmm. and everybody liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it just kind of makes you feel warm and fuzzy mm-hmm. inside. And that's what you want a movie to do. Mm-hmm. So Drew Barrymore didn't know the lyrics of the song mm-hmm. before he played it right. for the scene Mm -hmm. so to give more of a oh a realistic reaction when she heard him singing the song yeah oh yeah it was cute it was really cute yeah Mm -hmm. so good for drew barrymore Mm -hmm. i liked it Mm -hmm. i liked it too yeah that's all we got Mm -hmm. okay so what are we doing next we We actually haven't talked about this i would like to do uh i I do have some movies in mind okay one of my favorite movies is brooklyn it's just called brooklyn Mm -hmm. and it's a story about an Irish immigrant and an Italian immigrant who meet in Brooklyn. And they you fall have mentioned this movie to me before. Who stars in it? Charcy um, wrote, you know, that Irish girl in Pretty Bones, Lovely Bones. Oh, Fiorice. 
Charcy. That's how you say her name. And uh, some dude. <laughs> Great. Well, maybe we'll do that next. So we'll yeah. do movies about New York. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I think another good movie about New York is Taxi Driver, by the way. I think that's the ultimate that movie That would about, be, yeah. yeah, we should do that down the road, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know there are so many New York movies, but I think Taxi Driver is the ultimate sort of yeah. real New York yeah. Yeah. listening to Martin Scorsese in the back of a taxi going mm-hmm. off on a racist rant yes I think that's a very New York movie yeah okay well thanks for listening everyone bye we'll see you next time bye under the moonlight I'll sing you a song so you'd magically feel a love that's alone hopefully We paint ourselves all bright with stories of heroes and poets and sadness and war, of immeasurable pain, unconditional love, movies about music.